Weekend. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Borough Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. What a difference a few days will make, and I don't mean that in a positive sense either. Uh, earlier this week on our program called Cattle Call, which I will put a plug into, you can see on our social media pages and on our YouTube page, we had some higher numbers happening um, in the cattle market. Unfortunately for a Friday, things have tripped around, and there's some interesting factors that might be weighing in on them, and some that are definitely outside market influences. Brad Coyman is joining us today. He is with Coy McCoy and Varlick out of Sioux Center, Iowa. And we got to start there because, you know, Wednesday when you and I talked during the cattle call, things were looking pretty positive and then Friday happened. Yeah, you said that right, Susan. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I was kidding you before. It'd be, we should have done this yesterday, right, instead of today. But unf- unfortunately, that's the reality of the way the market works. Um, and I would be the first to admit that after 42 years of this, there still are many days where I look at it and I go like, huh, I didn't see that one coming today. Um, you know, to be a little lower today, I don't think would have been unexpected. Uh, but, um, they really got after it today. And it looked to us like maybe it was mostly, um, a uh, liquidation here in the February cattle in particular, but the front months in general, um, massive volume, big, you know, orders. So you could watch them going in on the electronics. Um, and, uh, yeah, it just could never really recover. I, I think sometimes Fridays even, Susan, are more prone for this kind of action where they, the market starts to spook, as it were, and they're like, ah, I, don't know, I just want out. I'll come back Monday, you know, kind of a deal. So certainly the market got worse than I expected today. And really, <clears throat> I'm not sure that the fundamentals, so, you know, when something like this goes on, Susan, I always, I worry that, oh, geez, what does somebody know that I don't know, right? I mean, is there, did I miss something? What's the news, you know? And, and uh, so, you know, after this many years, I do know a few people and, uh, you know, calling through that whole network. Uh, I, don't, I didn't come up with anybody that had a great reason other than maybe this crypto story that's out there. That maybe, you know, sometimes the cattle seem to react to those nuances in the market. And so maybe that had something to do with it today. Let's talk a little bit about that crypto, because um, usually, you know, we, we talk about the stock market and all that affecting the trade. Now, here's something that. Um, definitely has had some issues, and it might be a, a leaning factor. Well, you know, you know again, I, I'm, I, maybe I'm reaching a little bit, and maybe your audience is going, oh, geez, really, you think so? I, I, so I don't know, you know, but I'm trying to figure out, you know, when you get this kind of a lip like that. Um, so if you, if you roll the screen back to yesterday, uh, CPI comes out better than expected, stock market takes off, everybody's feeling good, you know, the recession's not going to be so bad, if at all, and inflation's slowing, and we got a nice feel-good rally, uh, which maybe, you know, gave, set us up a little bit to go down easier today, too, maybe, if they flip the news on us, and of course, you know, without getting too boringly detailed, uh, this crypto market is upside down, uh, bankruptcy was announced by one of the big players there, uh, so uh, the uncertainty that is in that, you know, segment of the financial market, uh, I just, I'm speculating, but maybe that had a little something to do with uh, ruining the confidence of the long speculator again, uh, which is uh, something we certainly need to have over here in this cattle pit. So I guess that's what I thought today. Now, <clears throat> I would also say that I know that 155 was bid and passed. I know that um, 20 minutes ago here in northwest Iowa. So uh, there is still a cash market that's alive and well, and, and I would like to think that that's going to temper uh, you know, any more reaction here. Hopefully by Monday morning we got a little calmer, uh, cooler heads prevailing here on the cattle, and I don't see any reason why 
Battle Futures should be trading discounted to the cash. Well, let's talk about that, too, because, I mean, we're four minutes in. There is some positives. Uh, when we hear producers passing on bids, that's got to mean some better things are yet to come. Well, you know, I, I think, you know, the, the macro stuff on on, on uh, the cattle to me is still set up where everybody seems to be pretty happy. Uh, we've got meat priced down to a level where it seems like it's not just seems like it is moving really, really well. Um and <clears throat> demand is alive and well. Um, uh, you know, even a little bit of this uh, China story, which we'll probably talk about later, uh, that's not bearish either. Um, you got a packer that's killing big, making money. Uh, you got a producer that's happy to sell up here at this, this 150 plus level for the most part, because even though the cost of gains high, the cattle work a little bit here, and he has no desire to put any extra weight on it because of the cost of gain, and so we're flowing, we're moving, all all the channels of the cattle move, uh, you know, the whole channel thing is working out, so I don't know, you know, it just doesn't feel like uh, I should be sitting here and, you know, sending up smoke flares of, of uh, you know, like, oh no, it's going to, you know, something really bad's going to happen now. Barring some sort of black swan thing that I can't anticipate, I, I think the market generally is still all right in spite of the action today. So looking at the rest of the commodities on the on the livestock side, um, negativity continued in the hogs as well. I thought maybe with this China story of relaxing just a little bit, their COVID thing, that maybe we'd try a little bit harder on the hogs today. To me, the hogs are a little bit of an anomaly. I um, We hold breaks. There's pretty good support just below us, um, and yet, you know, the fundamental part of me, you know, when we visit around here, and this is hog country, of course, you know, um, it, there's no lack of supply. Uh, what we had earlier in the year, spring and fall, where the, the empty buildings and not being able to source enough pigs, those days are gone. Uh, you're seeing a, a, you know, plenty of supply around. The seasonal is to go lower into December. I don't know. I, I guess I'd probably bet on my, my gut on the fundamentals, and I'd say I think I'd still be a little bit prone to be just a little bit concerned that, the, that there's more room below us than above us. I guess there's a little bit of turkey shortage, shortage, actually. I heard that there's been actually a bit of a spike in some of the ham business, uh, believe it or not. But, uh, hey, you know, we'll take care of it for one day a year, and then let's get back to that uh, ribeye, right? There you go. We well, Brad, it is definitely an interesting time in agriculture when we look at these markets. Well, stick around, folks. We have a lot more coming up as we continue here in just a few moments on the second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell. We come back, we're going to talk more about what's going on with China as they talk about maybe relaxing some of their COVIDs, but then also what is needed for these grains to lead China not to go to South America, but to look at the U.S. And we'll talk about the rail strikes as well. More is coming up on this Veterans Day, the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. With 85 years of serving Nebraska farmers, Fontenelle Hybrids is still committed to helping you meet the challenges in every field. In farmer-managed trials over the last three seasons, Fontenelle's 15 top-yielding corn products had over a 9-bushel per acre yield advantage over Pioneer's commercially available leading volume corn products. That's a 75% win rate. No wonder Fontenelle is called the best-kept secret in the Cornhusker State. Contact your local Fontenelle dealer to see what all the fuss is about. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other... With Golight. KRVN. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation this afternoon with Brad Coima. He's with Coima, Coima, and Varlick out of Sioux Center, Iowa. Polar opposite today on uh, what we're seeing from the livestock trade, some higher numbers uh, within the grain complex. As you take a look at what you're seeing, um, China, talk with the uh, 
COVID and what they plan to do moving forward, could that have had a little bit of influence on the trade? I think you're on to something there, Susan. Um, I, I think that that was part of the market today, sure, uh, particularly if the way the uh, soybeans seem to act. Now, I, I would have thought maybe we'd have had a little more, you know, uh, um, joy from the wheat pit, but, you know, it's up a dime, uh, I guess, so that's that's something. I, you know, you can tell I'm going to take a deep breath and decide how I want to talk about China, right? I mean, China, you got to take every piece of news out of China with a large, large, large grain of salt, and, uh, you know, I... I firmly believe that they tell us what they want us to hear. Um, <clears throat> but even trying to pick through this latest announcement here where they're talking about relaxing or amending a little bit their zero policy, zero tolerance policy for um, COVID, uh, I think gave the market some encouragement. Now, as I read it, it doesn't look to me like it's a lot different than the old one, but, you know, hey, whatever. Um uh, so I, I think that the hope there is that this is going to allow a little easier transfer or export of beans from here to there. Uh, this is our sweet spot of timing to do that, of course. Uh, and, you know, pretty soon that starts to erode, particularly when you've got a shipping lane like the Mississippi that's not in great shape. But so I, I think that that was really the accelerant here in the bean pit today. That, and of course, we've had a pretty big sell off in the corn. So we could certainly stand to have a little baby update today, finally, in the first time in a while in the corn. Very much so. I want to quickly uh, go back to the the beans for just a moment because we have South America breathing down our neck with what could be an interesting crop when you look at uh, Brazil versus, well, obviously Argentina. But having said that, they still need the grains, China does. Our dollar, we need to back it off a little bit to make us a little bit more competitive, to have them look away from South America and get some new crop beans? Well, we'd love that. And if you followed the dollar the last week, um, we are a mile from where we were uh, a week ago. You know, um, that is part of the story there, too. You're absolutely right. The, the break in the dollar comes at a good time because of the kind of the urgency to get some of that business uh, done here in the short term, I think, anyway. Um, I, I would not to be negative Nally here or the downer whatever, but I, you know, I'm sure we're talking to producers here on this thing. Um, don't completely get all caught up in what's going on in the here and now. Don't forget to take a peek at November of next year beans. Um, I know this office here is already talking to hedgers about we should be started. Um, uh, the risk of South America with a 100 million acre crop, if they would happen to put together a good crop for the first time in a couple of years. Uh, you know, I, I just think it's going to set the tone a little bit here, you know, by the time you get into the next spring. So uh, just just a little shot across the bow for the hedgers. Let's pay attention here. These are pretty big prices back there. What are you hearing about basis right now? Beans have stayed pretty stable in my neck of the woods. The one thing that's been quite noticeable here in the short term has been a, a, a big jump in the ethanol, uh, what the ethanol crowd's doing with the basis here uh, locally. I'm in northwest Iowa. So we've got some plus 50 corn basis now. Uh, it had been 20, 25 over. Most of the elevators are still in that neighborhood, but it looks like the ethanol boys are getting a little cramped. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, an old guy used to tell me 40 years ago, <clears throat> basis spreads and then the market. I still think that's good things to be careful of and watching for when you're talking about grains. When the basis is this tight, uh, it's still a reflection, I believe, of real supply and real demand, and uh, and and it still seems to be like the corn thing is there. Certainly, is not an oversupply of corn, at least not in this area. What are you hearing about concerns, though, when it comes to um, fertilizer and input costs for 2023? With everything that continues with Russia and Ukraine, is there some nervousness out there? 
No question. Um, I, I think in some ways some of the producers here are maybe a little better prepared this year than last uh, because of that concern. Um, it is a big topic of a concern. Uh, I actually we had kind of a round-robin conference call this morning with some of the, the crowd, and, and without getting terribly boring, I, um, I, I would still say at the end of the day, um, <clears throat> that I was getting the vibe that there still would be a tendency to have a little more corn acres than bean acres next year, even with the input stuff going on. So, And some of that's got to do with the corn bean ratio out there, too. All right. The rail concerns, as we get ready to wrap this up, they've pushed back their their deadline to December. Yeah, I think that took a lot of some pressure off of that. I, that uncertainty that's hanging out there is, is, is not good for anybody. Uh, the price of diesel fuel, that is not good for anything in the marketplace as well. Uh, there is certainly some stuff out there that has me uh, concerned um, that, you know, the, the, the guess whether or not there's going to be a rail strike is way above my pay grade. Um, <laughs> the people I talk to, they continue to say they don't think so. They think cooler heads will prevail. They think that they've got a solution to move forward. Best way for folks to get a hold of you, Brad? Go to our kkvtrading.com kkvtrading.com. All right, that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. Reminder, if commodity futures and options involve a substantial risk of loss, not suitable to all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.